Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. I've never done good in a professional mud race in my career. I'm happy to come away with a win. Yeah, that might have been dumb luck. It did drop, but I just went back to the red plate where we belong. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Title 24 presented by NBC Sports. I'm your host, Ricky Carmichael, along with my co-host, Ryan Villapoto. Uh, hopefully everyone's doing well. Before we get going, we got to thank our great partners, uh, as always. And we have a new one this week. But uh, let's thank United Motorsports. We appreciate you guys. Quadlock Case, Boxo USA, and then our new partner, Dunlop Tires. Best tires in the business, hard work and crew. Uh, they, you know, they test, work hard, best tire, like I said, in the paddock, in my opinion. And uh, we're happy to, uh, happy to have you on board. And along for the ride, they're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff, a lot of engagement uh, throughout the uh, the season of Title 24. So we're excited to uh, bring them on board, and uh, we're going to have some good fun. So uh, we'll have more details about that. Uh, but nevertheless, exciting weekend, RV, a wet weekend, that is. It always is a, uh, is a bummer. Uh, but, dude, we're going to just uh, get into uh, right, right off the top uh, the quad lot question of the week this week uh, because it was such a hot topic and the quad lock question of the week um, comes from Brad a dash U four, five, six. And Brad asks, should supercross be indoors under the roof? Question mark. That shiz racing to sell to the world. Leave outdoors to motocross. Uh, <laughs> so I'm assuming what he's meaning is leave the mud races, leave the, the nasty conditions to, to, to the outdoors. Um, you know, we were talking Ricky previously, right before the, before we went, uh, started recording. Um, this is what makes supercross and, and motocross and, and our sport in general. So, so gnarly to stay in it for the long haul to win yeah. a supercross championship in the lights or in the, in the 250 class or in the 450 class. To finish 17 rounds, let's talk 450 right now. Let's to finish 17, um, 17 rounds, um, and then three SMX rounds uh, at the end of you know out of a, a long season. And when you have conditions like this, that's why this is such a prestigious and such a gnarly series to to go out and perform and and in the end stand on top of the box, whoever that's going to be. That's why it's so prestigious. Yeah, uh, Brad, I appreciate that. I understand uh, what you're. I know. I understand what you're saying. I feel like 
um, RV. I, you, you explained it perfectly. Uh, I don't even need to elaborate on it. I think also what uh, a lot of people don't understand is like logistics, you yeah. know, availability. It's so hard to, uh, to, to race on the East Coast at the beginning of the year because of the football. You got NFL, you got playoffs, college for that matter, uh, playoffs now, and that's going to continue to grow. And historically, obviously, the West Coast is a, is a much drier climate than the East Coast. The weather's a little bit better. I know what people are going to say. Well, San Francisco, it's always raining. Yeah, of course it is. But inherently, you know, like it is a drier climate out there than the East Coast. And I go back to, like I said, logistics, availability. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other things at play that I don't believe that people uh, may not know or take into consideration. Um, Brad, I, I'm with you. Like, does it look pretty? Does it look sexy? Mud races uh, on TV? No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm bummed that it that it, it it's that way sometimes. But to RV's point, you know, this is part of the sport. This is what uh, is exciting about it. This is what makes it gnarly. Uh, I think that some people, even if you've never watched Supercross, I think that you can, it, it's kind of eye-catching. And you're like, man, what are these guys doing? That's brutal. And I give you an example. I have people in town that uh, watch this stuff, have been watching it for the last three years, and they're beginner, they're, they're, they're beginner to novice spectators and they they're texting me rv they're like dude that that's unbelievable like i feel bad for those guys or that has to be <laughs> right that has to be gnarly but this is this is supercross this is motocross and uh you can't just yeah you can't just have all supercross indoors uh i mean yes well, at times i think that would be convenient but at the same time, I think um, it, it, there needs, you know, I just, I, it is what it is. It's the product. It's the it, product. It, and it, you it, move on. To be honest, if you go back and look, um, I mean, we've been very, very fortunate. Um, I yeah. think at East Rutherford last year uh, was kind of a mud race or was a mud race-ish. It wasn't like San Fran this last weekend. Um, you know, San Fran was much more, yep. much, much, much worse, much more treacherous. Um but we've been pretty, pretty lucky in the last few years where we haven't had um, a legit mud race. So it's par for the course. We're going to have those races that, that are going to be muddy, that are going to be a total blowout. But like you said, it's, it isn't sexy to go out and race in that. You don't, I mean, half the time you can't see, see who the riders are. That's, the, you know, thank goodness for yeah. the, the transponders. Um, but yeah, logistics of getting, getting, you know, every team, every flight, hotels, um, Dirtworks crew, um, you know, locking down all the stadiums, like you said, amongst, let's be honest, probably bigger sports than, than we are football, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, so we got to kind of fit into that. And when we get those opening spots, you know, there's no moving it. It is what it is. And that's why it's so prestigious to win a, you know, Supercross title. Yep. hundred percent. Um, RV, great, uh, great insight there, Brad, thank you for the question. I understand your frustration, but, uh, Outside of what RV uh, and, and what, what he said about it, you know, there's also, like we said, logistics availability. So uh, we appreciate the uh, we appreciate that question. And the reason that, uh, Brad, you win the quad lot question of the week, because that's going to get us into what uh, a lot of the questions and the fan interaction was about uh, on Title 24. We appreciate uh, all your guys engagement. Um, so that's that's why you win. Uh, you know what to do. Go to uh, the Title 24 uh Instagram page, the direct message, uh, JH will get you in contact with uh, Quadlock. Uh, at the same time, check out quadlockcase.com. 
they got everything you need from cases, chargers, mounts. Uh, we talk about it every week. I think the easiest thing for you to do is go check out uh, – everyone go check out their um, – their website and uh, you can pick whatever you you may need uh that gets us into the uh other questions uh so savannah leach 94 asks what skills are more beneficial to have to survive during a mud race versus a regular race go for it rv what do you think well um i don't know if i'm a good good guy to, <laughs> to answer this i wasn't super awesome in the mud um you know, but I did get to watch some of the pre-race as, uh-huh. as you know, on, on, on the, on the, on Peacock and, right. and the broadcast of listening to some of the guys and their mentality and, 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 and the way they were coming into, into mm-hmm. the weekend um, yeah. in that mud race. So yeah, it, it, a lot of it is attitude, um, um, you know, and, and I think it's also a little bit different. I'm going to be honest. When I came into mud races, uh-huh. I was always a championship contender. And I think yeah. the mentality of a championship contender coming into a mud race, um, I think as much as it has way more weight on, on, on the championship contender shoulders to, yeah. because there's so much more that can happen from mm-hmm. bike failures to, to mistakes, mishaps on your, that you've done on your own. Um, you know, you go down, you get you grips all muddy, um, goggles fail, bikes potentially can fail. Um, so it is a survival of the fittest, um, you know, so I think mentality coming into that thing, coming into these mud go. races to, you know, knowing that anything can happen, but also trying to ride as free and as, as, and have as, I guess, but most of the, as much fun as you can. I was never one of those guys that could do that. I dreaded it as soon as it yeah. was going to be a real mud race. Um, I, I wasn't stoked. What do we have here? This looks like Oh six San Fran. I actually, yeah, I think so. I think that's me. Pull, I pulled the whole shot. There you go. Young, dumb, uh, right here. Tried to jump the finish line. Put her, the, put her in the dirt. And uh, <laughs> that was that was kind of my race. I think. Uh, Dude, look how big your lead was already. <laughs> I know. I think Ramsey ended up winning that that race in 06. Um, mm-hmm. You raced that race also, RC. How how, how do you yeah. think it compared? That one looked like pretty pretty treacherous now that I it, see it. I think there. it was treacherous. Yeah, yeah. I think it was treacherous. Maybe the Maybe the dirt. The mud got a little thicker this weekend compared to yeah. 2006. It's, it's 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 hard to tell. I do know that 2006 was gnarly. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, yeah. it, it like just looking at it, and you kind of look at the ruts there, kind of in the background. It still looks pretty brutal. Maybe the rhythm lanes weren't as long. So yep. that made it a, a, a tad easier, but uh, I want to bring up something that's really important of what you said, RV, and, and our and our listeners, whether you watch us on YouTube or Peacock or you or you listen uh, on our podcast. Um, RV said something that's super important. Uh, he talked about him being a championship guy and how he approaches uh, the mud races. And it kind of segues to what Savannah Leach 94 asked, you know, what's more beneficial, Uh, the mentality or the mental side of things. RV uh, was a championship guy. And I think every, not every, but I think a lot of championship guys approach a mud race to just go out there and, and, and make all of the laps, preserve your bike to the end and stack as many points, accumulate as many points as possible. If the win is there, of course, we all want to win. But I think, at least for me, I was always like AV. I'm like, big picture here, big picture. I'm not like winning isn't even a thought. Mm-hmm. I just want to go out there and do the best that I can, Get get try to get the whole shot. Uh, if not, 
take it one lap at a time and whatever I get, whatever I get, just make sure that I finish and let the race come to me and don't crash. And it's all, you know, the mental side of things. I think if you're not a championship guy, then I think you can throw caution to the wind. And that's almost like your opportunity to go out. It's like an equal, right? The, The mud races are like an equalizer. And I think that was kind of the same thing for like Prado. I, if I was Prado, I would have been pumped. Speeds yeah. were going to be a bit slower. You're used to riding in this condition, and it, it is an equalizer. So RV bringing up some really good uh, – that was good stuff that you talked about, RV. Uh, yeah. Next question is D-P-Gill23. Um, this person asks, in muddy conditions, is it tougher mentally or physically, RV? I personally feel like uh, – Mentally, it wasn't it wasn't that tough because you're not going that that fast, and the reason that I think that um, it wasn't as mentally tough because I was so worried about uh, not crashing and muscling the bike around physically that I felt like it was it was tougher that way. Mm. You know, I I feel like mud races, like I said, were tougher physically. How about for yeah, you? yeah? I think once the gate drops at that point, yeah. then you're just dealing with with survival, and yeah, it's the bikes get much heavier. Um, and if you do put that sucker on the ground, now your grips are dirty and your gloves are wet. Right. You don't have the strength in your hands. Even if you have the strength, you don't have the grip. Um, and I, I'll bring it up too. I was just watching when you put your goggles on, um, <laughs> on the line there in 06. Like, uh, we haven't had a lot of advancements, um, let's say for, for mud conditions other than, you know, like we would use skid plate foam for kind of tape it on top of the helmet, um, but now they have actually some really cool, um, you know, uh, I guess like a bra that goes over the helmet. Um, right. They have double-sided sticky tape foam that's really thin now. Um, mm-hmm. And the main thing where I was going with this was is you had the uh, the original oak, not original Oakley, but your, uh, what was it? The O, o, o the frame you wore? O frame? The O frame. That's now, right. guys, the strip of film on, on these goggles in 06 was – um, was very, I mean, they're the strips now that our racers are racing with are double, double, yeah. basically double the width, you know, you have double the width. So we were down here. Now it's this much, you know, it's much yeah. wider. So like I think basically like four really, millimeters, imagine yeah. like four millimeters in our, in our day, our VNI day. And then now to Ryan's point, it's like eight mil. Yeah, exactly. So it's double the size. And a lot of that has to do with the frame, um, mm-hmm. you know, how they've designed these goggles now, which is huge. You know, I think that is one thing that if nothing's really changed in the mud racing, other than those no. two things, stuff for the helmet and the goggles and goggles is the biggest thing, right? I know I'd heard somebody talking, are we going to see guys wear double doubling up goggles? Cause I know some, I've seen that in the past where you put your, put your originals or put your first set on and then you put your second set on just for the start. As you watched everybody coming down the start line there, and as soon as you get blasted with the water, a lot mm-hmm. of times water goes behind the film, goes behind your tear-offs, regardless if you have 20 tear-offs left on your goggles. If water gets behind the base tear-off, you're kind of screwed there. It kind of ruins, ruins your, whole, uh, your whole set of goggles. Uh, Mickey's underscore D. Is there an effective way to train for races like this past weekend? Question mark. Or just send it? Question mark. What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that uh, you, you you can't ride cautious in the mud. Yeah. I think you have to you have to kind of attack the track um, and, and 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 push through those that muddy condition. But also too, mm-hmm. there is there is guys that that uh, East Coast guys, Brock Kepler, for example, um, that I used to race against. Mm-hmm. 
spent a lot of time kind of riding that slippery clay, um, you know, material. Uh, and sure, he was a better, he was one of the better mud riders. So I think if you grew up kind of riding the mud, um, you know, occasionally, it's not something people go out and, and, and chase after because it's very hard on your equipment. I mean, you'll just, you'll just, you'll roach a bike in, in, in a couple of mud, yeah. mud, uh, mud practices, let alone a race like this. Guys, these, these mechanics are going to go back and tear every nut and bolt apart off that motorcycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very hard on equipment. So it, it's kind of what you grew up into. I didn't grow, I didn't have the, the, my parents didn't have the, 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 the funds, the, the resources, <laughs> the resources and the funds to just go out and destroy yeah. motorcycles in the mud at yeah. the time. You know, if hey, it was- RV, did you, uh, once you turned pro, did you, uh, did you ever practice in the mud when you had the resources, you had the facility, did you, when it was completely, so if the people who's watching the broadcast this week, we showed a clip of, uh, Garrett March Banks at club, uh, riding and an, and an absolute downpour. Uh, did you ever train in those conditions? Once I was pro, yes, I spent yeah. a little bit of time in Michigan with Nick, um, uh-huh. and, and, uh, was able to to get some of those conditions. But like I said, it's maybe one day a week, every couple months. Um, right. Once I moved to 450 and had my own place in Florida, you would see, Hey, we're going to Heldon would be out there. We'd start a moto <laughs> and here comes the clouds rolling in and it just would dump on you back to that though. My facility was, was quite a bit of sand in it. So it really didn't, I mean, it would have, if you had 42 bikes on the track, it would have gotten yeah. really kind of nasty and muddy, but we had three bikes on the track. So, um, Yes, it. You need to ride those conditions to a certain extent, um, but yeah, there's really no training for it. You know. Yeah, that that's a yeah, that's a really good question. That uh, I appreciate you, uh, Mickey's underscore D, because um, a lot I get I get uh, asked that often. You probably do too, and mm-hmm. I, I always tell everyone like, and and this is the God's honest truth is I I never really practiced in the mud like an absolute monsoon. Did I? Did I practice when it was sloppy and Yep. And, and all that, of, of course I did, but you could still jump all the obstacles and, and, and that, but like downpours, maybe hey, going out on the track to roll your supercross track and say, Hey, I'm getting my mud practice. in now it's just, it's, uh, you know, like we see it, we see it once or twice a year. Right. So, um, it's not something, yeah, I think that you got to ride sloppy conditions, but yeah, it's not something we, 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 we go after. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I was always worried too. Well, number one, I was like, oh, sweet. It rained today. I get a, I get a break. But yeah. at the same time, I think when you get to a certain level, like we have so much experience uh, being in those situations that you don't, that, that's another reason you don't have to do it. And quite frankly, I was scared to like hurt myself. You know, mm. you, you just, you raise the risk of, you know, putting your knee down, maybe you pop an ACL. I mean, it just, it, it the, really the risk isn't worth the reward. So, uh, uh, going back to uh, the quad lock question of the week, Brad, A-U, 456, appreciate your question. Uh, try to be a little more positive. I know you don't like uh, – I know you didn't like what it looked like on TV, but still, um, I'm sure you appreciate these guys' talents and how they're able to uh, muscle around these motorcycles. So uh, we appreciate you. Everyone check out uh, uh, quad lock. All right, moving along. Dude, Chase Sexton gets his first win of the season. I mean, he looked – he looked really, really good um, all day, even when the uh, the first practice. These guys only had one practice uh, earlier in the day, and then they um, 
they canceled the second practice, uh, and he just looked comfortable. Um, do you think that he's the new favorite? Do you think this gives him a boost in the arm? What's your, uh, what's your thoughts based on the win in the mud? I mean, I think it's a huge accomplishment um, yeah. for himself on the new motorcycle, new team. Um, I don't think there was a lot of questions answered. Um, it wasn't dry, right? It was a survival of the fittest. Um, and he was, he was the, he was the fittest and survived it the the best and was standing on top of the podium. Um, I think it's a really good momentum booster for him. I think that, uh, you could see the excitement. You could see knocking, getting that first win, knocking it off. Obviously it was in the mud. Um, so I I don't want to say there's a little question mark there, but there is a little question mark there. Um, but I think this is kind of the, 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 uh, kick in the butt that he kind of needed to to you know come back here at um at this next round here i think it's san diego correct yeah yeah san diego this weekend uh snapdragon yeah. snapdragon stadium so you know so i think that i think it's 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 good momentum for him i think it's a good 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 totally. start to, to build off it's only round two right he gets a first win on the new bike new team and yeah. i think that's a that's really good momentum for him i think that's gonna to put his trajectory where it needs to be and i'm hoping to see it at, at you know round three at san diego that uh, he's going to be that much closer, if not fighting for, for wins. Well, it's crazy that you, I, I love that uh, you're bringing it. Um, you're, you're so on par right now. You didn't need to say anything. Like, so this brings me to the next thing is you, you talk about that momentum. I had heard some rumblings like, hey, maybe they had found something this last week. Uh, but we have some sound for you guys about Chase. Uh, feeling better about the bike and where he's at. And it's from the press conference. So uh, let's let's listen from the man himself. Teets and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He has to say. I wouldn't say the best offseason I've ever had. I definitely had some struggles. Uh, I was okay when I was in California. I went back to Florida, and, I mean, Kenny would see it firsthand. I would have multiple days where i just kind of not be able to ride, and I was just really just uncomfortable <laughs> getting used to a new bike. <clears throat> I was saying before this uh, this weekend, I'm like, man, I'm kind of bummed it's going to be a mutter because the, the progress we made from last week to this week is pretty crazy, and I felt like my normal self uh, leading up into this race. Even last week after A1, I had a really like big weight lifted off my shoulders being on the podium. Obviously, I didn't ride good, and I was pretty far behind uh, Jet at the finish line, but to get that result 
and not be uh, – at one point, I was like, man, we're going to be lucky to be top 10. So uh, it was pretty – some dark days in the off season. But like I said, the team getting me comfortable, it's a completely different motorcycle. It feels nothing like what I was on before, and it can be good and bad at some point. We did make some big changes um, with the forks this week. That was the part I was struggling with. And uh, we were really comfortable on Thursday. I had two of the best days I've had on uh, on a KTM and felt like I was – even better than I was last year. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think we'd uh, get get here this this fast. To be honest, I thought I was going to really have to um, be patient and just try and work into a good position with the bike. And I knew it was going to take a lot of time. We were testing some big, big changes uh, the week of Anaheim. So the week before Anaheim, they got me pretty comfortable with the rear of the bike. I was pretty happy with it, but the it wasn't complete yet. And this week we did some some big changes, and I feel like we're getting really, really close to being um, very, I mean, we are good, but um, there's always little small stuff you can make. But I think from here on out, you can, um, yeah, I should, I expect myself to battle. Definitely think I'm in the right right headspace and position to battle for, for wins for the rest of the season. Dude. Um, okay. This, this is, um, this is crazy. It's, it's going to be long. So spare me the time here. But I take a couple things from that what what he said he's he just spilled his guts he basically the way that i take this and maybe like maybe i'm i'm not taking it the right way but he signed with ktm i mean he rode the star bike he rode the ktm right i mean that's what i heard mm-hmm. so if that's the case normally you base your decision on how the bike is and now he has been outspoken about the team and having Raj there and having Ian there, and he has a lot of confidence in those guys, and those guys are really good at what they do, some of the best in the business. I have personal experience with it. But it's crazy to me that, I don't know, I've heard a couple things. I heard the bike that he rode when, before he signed wasn't the same bike that they gave him to ride this year, so they're going back and forth. Now, listen, I'm just passing the trash on what I've heard. I could be completely wrong. Nevertheless, sounds like they were out to lunch with their bike up until this week, and that's, that's gnarly to me. And I think about he was, they were going to take their time and or they knew it was going to take some time to get to where they needed to be, which is which is nuts because I go back to my experience when I left Honda and went to Suzuki. Dude, we were mid-season form at the first round. Like mm-hmm. I didn't change anything until midway through the season of Supercross RV. Like when Chad started to catch some momentum, and we ne- we just needed to improve the bike and its performance at that stage because the Yamaha guys did, and. That's uh, it's just it's different to me. It's different to me, and I was surprised that they really had all these issues. But now it sounds like they they have found something. I heard it was some stuff with the front end, maybe. So, uh, I mean, what's your take on it, dude? Like, uh, yeah, on- um, yeah, I don't know. I was I was I'm sitting here listening, and <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely spilled his spilled his guts up there. Um, yeah, about the about the motorcycle per se, not so much the team. Like you said, it seems like. He's happy with the team. Um, me reading between the lines, I think a lot of what his reservations, just watching this, um, I think were in his head. I think that he didn't know where he was. I can only go back to, and this isn't personal experience. This is racing somebody, Dunge, leaving Suzuki, going to a manufacturer that hadn't even won 
a supercross at that time, um, let alone a championship and been in the in contention for, for a championship. Um, and, and Dunge came out. Yeah, I'm sure there was problems with the motorcycle. I'm sure. But he was a podium guy. I, I, I look at that thinking uh, and watching and, and almost, I say it's more mental on Chase's side. I think that motorcycle has, mm-hmm. has, is good, has been good. Um, I think they will make it better and they will make it better for him. But I think a lot of his reservations, if you had to ask me, just watching this looks like it was coming from him, from the mental side, not really knowing where he was. Did I make the right decision? Is this, was this the right move for me? Can I keep, can, can I be the old Chase Sexton from the Honda on the Kate on, on this new KTM? Um, And yeah, I'm sure he had some off days um, that maybe spiraled or snowballed with, you know, man, I, I made the wrong decision. Should I have done that? Um, all that stuff kind of comes into play. And as you see riding with Kenny, kind of same old motorcycle, Kenny's Kenny. He's great. You know, he's moved around on manufacturers and he's, he's done, he's done well on all the manufacturers that he's rode on. So I don't think that they reinvented the wheel before Anaheim won. I don't think they reinvented the wheel before San Francisco. Um, I think Chase is, is just in a better headspace. Uh, and, and the pressure is a little bit, you know, the, the pressure has been relieved um, after Anaheim one because of just all the hype that rolls into Anaheim one. So a little fun, uh, fun story for all of our listeners and viewers is I kind of went, I didn't go through the same thing, but when I left Cowie and I went to Honda, they were changing their frame to the next generation, maybe like third, third generation frame, maybe even fourth by that time from Oh one to Oh two. And I remember I rode the bike. Uh, I rode the 2001 model Honda, and it was right before Dallas Supercross, uh, that week leading up to Dallas Supercross. And they didn't have the uh, 02 model that I was going to be racing. And I remember riding the motorcycle, and this is like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if this relates to the same thing that uh, Chase was going through. So if Chase rode the bike from last year, KTM, and listen, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly what he rode, I'm just for conversation purposes. Yeah, we're speculating. Yeah, speculating. And KTM knew that they were having a new chassis that they are rolling out, new platform, but they didn't have it ready for him when he needed to ride it to make his decision and evaluation of who he was going to ride for for this season. I remember being here and riding that Honda in the 2001, <clears throat> the model, and they're like, hey, um, you know, the 2002 chassis, it's way better. And, you know, you, like, so don't base everything on what you, what you feel today and what you like or may dislike. And I'm like, well, I love this bike. It's, it's just as good as what I'm currently racing on now. And I know in 2002, I'm going to be on the same thing if I choose to stay at Cowie. And so this is already better. And I feel like we can make it even that much better, fine tune things and get me more comfortable when we have more time. And so I had, there was like a, a promise on their end, like, Hey, what happens if the new, the 2002 model, I don't, I don't like that bike. Like, what if it's better? I know you guys are telling me uh, it's better, but what if I ride? It's not better than this 2001. Can, can I use this 2001 chassis in 02? And they're like, yeah, we could talk about it, you know? And there was kind of like a soft promise. 
Um, so, uh, nevertheless, uh, it's a moot point at this stage because the 2002 chassis, the next generation was unbelievable. Like whatever the 2001 didn't do well, the 2002 was a complete fix and it was just a, a massive change in the positive direction. So we never had to even go down that road. Uh, so that's, I, that I was wondering like when he, you know, if Chase, when he wrote it, was it that much better? You know, or was it, you know, did he not, did he feel comfortable when he wrote it then? Or did like, because it sounded like he was pretty bummed with how it was performing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like RV. So put yourself in his shoes. You ride that bike and things like insanely good. You're pretty, mm-hmm. you're going to sign with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But then how did it get that? How did it like after you leave Honda and then you're having a crappy off season, like did the bike didn't get worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to see. I know, I know that, um, and, and I, I never I rode for an Austrian brand, but, uh, I know the Austrians, they, they move quite a bit quicker than oh yeah Japanese brands. And, and that's a good, uh, that's a good, that that's a good quality that they have. It can't be, it can be, um, it can be a very good quality. Um, mm-hmm. but also if this was a scenario like you're talking about, maybe, um, 2000, three bike was great. And then the, the updated chassis and version of for 2024 wasn't yeah. as good. And now they need to fine tune that and, and get that thing razor sharp. Like they, at the end of the season, when he went and rode the 23 bike, that thing was sharp. That thing had had all season raced on it. It had every, every rock and nook and cranny had been, had been uh, uh, attended to. Um, and now they're starting fresh, right? So on a, on a, on a little bit different chassis or a new, newer updated chassis. So that could be something that they're dealing with. I personally think that, um, the caliber of these racers should be able to ride anything, but I think what is, what we're seeing a little bit different now is, is I'm just going to go out on a limb and throw this out there. I was made to ride and I know you were made to ride let's be honest, a lot of crap sometimes as yeah. an amateur and as coming Not up the, the best, but yeah, yeah. Certainly <clears throat> as an amateur too. As an amateur. Um, and you learned to be fast on, on whatever product you had. And I'm not saying these guys don't, but I think where, what we're seeing in today and the trend that has changed is if the bike is say 5% off, these guys, re- you really see it. You yeah. really see the 5% off yeah, where it's not winnable. If, the bike was 5% off for me and 5% off for you. Cause I know the Cowie that I was riding. I have, a, I have a, a Weimer, a teammate that wrote it and he rode multiple manufacturers after the factory Cowie. And he says, by far, it was the worst motorcycle that he had rode. Um, you know, so, so that being said, I think that we're seeing, we're seeing these guys maybe not be able to adapt to a, to a motorcycle that is three to five, percent off and i think maybe that's just maybe that's because the you know the it's uh, the, the the where we're seeing the ceiling of where these guys are right now are so high um that little bit is just making making that much of a difference yeah i'm, I'm with you um check out boxo usa boxousa.com uh fantastic company they make killer tools uh, a whole bunch of stuff wide range of uh, tools um lifetime warranty we talk about it all the time you just gotta go online check it out that leads me to the next part about chase sexton the boxo breakdown of the week 
and uh, it was Chase Sexton's start. I, I commented a little bit about it on the broadcast, but some of these guys, I mean, look at that. The gate's Jeez. down. I, like, I was, he, he said on his uh, interview on the podium, he's like, I think maybe it was just dumb luck. But I was wondering if was like some guys count right when this when the thirty car goes sideways, and then they count till the till the gate will count like if they're dropping it every seven seconds. I mean that's nuts, dude. I don't know. Like it had to be a millisecond. If he had went a millisecond earlier, he would have he would have hit the gate, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be that perfect, what a night to be perfect on is this mud race get out front um oh. it, it, i mean it just makes your night that much that much easier but as you watch him go down the start straight there the bike got all loose on him because it was super deep we watched anderson flip yeah. over the bars there tangle up mookie yeah. um you know it uh definitely helped but i mean that's, I, that could have not been a more perfect scenario for him i mean mm-hmm. look at the reaction time he, he moved or anybody else. And Parado is one of the best starters also um, and was able to to move before he even moved, you know? So yeah. uh, Eli got a good Eli had a good jump too, but there was yeah. no one even close. I mean, watch watch the reaction time here. We're circling it and the highlighting. I mean, dude, he's moving. That is great. That is phenomenal footage right there. I mean, he's yeah, I mean, I, I he, do you think he's was counting? A, do you think he's counting there? Or no, I don't think he counted. I think it was a it was a perfect storm. Honestly, looking at him, watching the throttle hand right there, oh, um, Dude, I think that insane. it was and it, it, the anticipation worked that time. And as much as we practice starts, I know you've done it. I've know I've done it. Um, you know, you're you're guessing when the gate's going to drop. Almost, um, I've never been a counter. No, um, me either. You know, me either. Because. Let's be honest. AMA failed. They're supposed to go from anywhere from three to five seconds, right? So mm-hmm. um, they do it. I, I I don't think they do that two second leeway. I think it's within half a second. Gate drops pretty much all night, every night. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to ask me, but I think it was just the perfect storm. He anticipated the gate dropping, and it worked out for him. A- any sooner, he would have hit the gate. That's the. Uh... Good stuff there for the Boxo breakdown of the week. I mean, that was just we we had to highlight that. It was, I mean, yeah, that that certainly helped him. I mean, he was riding well, like I said, all day. Great job, uh, great start, Chase. Uh, hell of a uh, hell of a jump. If you could do that again this weekend, you're gonna be in a good spot uh, to win. Yeah. Jet Lawrence, we talk about him all the time. I know a lot of the fans. Um, you know, they, they have their opinions about all of us talk about, uh, Jet Lawrence so much, uh, um, the mud was certainly an equalizer. Um, I was surprised honestly that he, uh, he fell as many times as he did. Maybe, uh, you know, the, his lack of experience in the 450 class at this level has uh, caught up with him. We saw a little chink in the armor. Um, what is your thoughts when you saw this? Did you, and did you expect more from him? Oh man, I think, I think he's, he's, uh, he's got a lot. He's been winning and winning and winning. So it, it, it had to come to a, to an end at some point. Right. And, yep. uh, and, um, you know, like you said, the mud is a great equalizer in, 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 yeah. in this, in our racing. And, and it was mm-hmm. tonight, you know, and I think, um, you know, I don't think that this is is a, a big scare factor for for Jet, but I do think that uh, 
it equaled everything out. I mean, now we have a different points leader. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting. I, it doesn't answer any questions for me. It's going to be interesting to see how his rebound is. Actually, there you go. Yeah, it's how the rebound is. Yeah, you got Chase, Chase with the points lead now. How does he rebound from this mud race? Yeah. Um, it's either going to go, I, if I throw it out, <laughs> it can go two ways. It's either he's going to have a major rebound. Um, and win. And, and, and win. And knowing Jet, he's probably like, hey, it's a mud race. Just I'm just speaking for him, right? Just off the cuff. Hey, it's a yep. mud race. Things happen. You know, I fell a bunch of times. Um, I'll be different next weekend. And I'll yeah. come out and win. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what his rebound is for 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 next weekend at Sandy. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to speculate. Uh, we just you know, have to sit how back does he and handle watch. It? You know, like I know you're looking forward to that. I know that that's what I'm looking forward at. He's plenty capable of winning. I think oh, we, yeah. we all know that. Or is it is it is he going to implode and try too hard? And, and, and not perform uh, like what he's capable of. Who knows? Yep. And we're just going to have to tune in and watch. And that's what I'm looking, looking forward to. I love what I saw from Eli Tomac. Um, you even said it on the show last week. Wasn't time to panic because of uh, how far he was off of the leader. But uh, he did well. You know, um, as, I, as I thought about it, flying home yesterday, there was that section right after the start. If you guys remember, he um, – he wasn't jumping onto that tabletop. I think there was like a two-two and then a single onto a tabletop, and Chase was jumping on there. And uh, dude, he would just absolutely yard uh, Eli in that particular section. And then I felt like Eli would kind of inch back, inch his way back on the other parts of the track. And uh, I think that this is a so for me personally, I I think that this is a great momentum booster and a nice kick. For, for Eli Tomac, not that I was worried before, but um, man, going from what ninth last week into into second, it was a really good points day for him. And uh, even though it was in the mud, I know things are different with the dry, but I think with with his experience, him being two time champ and Supercross, even though it was mud, I think that that mentally, I think this was going to be a positive race for him. I, th- I I I agree with you there, and also too, I think good. Uh, call it testing for his Achilles, right? Like you mentioned talking mud and practicing mud and, and twisting mm-hmm. an ankle and, and twisting a knee. Uh, those are some gnarly conditions to have because yeah. your feet are always down, uh, you know, paddling the ground, uh, mm-hmm. easily to twist. So maybe that was a good reassurance for him also that like, hey, my foot didn't bother me out there. I caught it on the ground a couple of times. I had the foot peg hit me from behind. Um, I, I'm just throwing out scenarios that uh, – Maybe mentally he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm my foot is yeah. back. You know, um, yeah. I don't have to worry about it because I, you know, these three little four things that ha- did happen on the track, I was, I was thinking that that might hurt hurt my leg or hurt my foot or hurt my Achilles, um, and none of that happened, right? So, um, good confidence booster, I think. And yeah, you think he can, you think he continues uh, to run up front now after this weekend? You think it's a nice shot in the arm, not only for him but for the I, team. I think so. I think so. You know, I think San Diego um, in the past has, has, uh, you know, it looks great like, last year. Yeah. And it can't, it's, it's a more of a, it's a technical track. I, I believe the dirt and why I mean the technical is it seems a lot of moisture comes into that stadium. Um, mm-hmm. And then it does get a little bit slippery, greasy, hard pack. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be, he'll be, he'll be strong next weekend. Dude. Uh, Kenny, no surprise there. Uh, actually too. 
Uh, Kenny came from a long ways back. He mm-hmm. had actually the whole shot. He was in front of Chase for a split second, and he stalled it uh, on top of that tabletop. And uh, you could watch the post-race uh, podium, and he talks about it. He was pretty bummed with himself. And, uh, uh, dude, had he not stalled it, he would have been certainly a contender for the win. Uh, but Kenny did great. This is not a surprise to me. I don't think it is to you, RV. The guy knows knows how to ride the mud. He's been at it for a long time and uh, another great ride, not only for Kenny, but dude, that whole HEP team, Suzuki mm. team, uh, Shane McElrath, he did great fourth place. Um, they got their bikes working well in the mud. Uh, but, but this doesn't surprise me from a guy like McElrath. It's, it's easy to forget, but dude, this guy contended for championships, uh, in the 250 uh, regional division. So it was cool to see not only just for, for Shane, but that whole, uh, HEP team, they, sometimes they get beat up. I know it's a feel good story when they do well, but, uh, this team's good. They got some great personnel, um, with some winning history, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy for for that whole team and program, dude. Yeah, no, Shane Shane rode well and to get up on a, you know like a, a, to knock down a fourth. I mean, major veteran, you know, and I, that's what one thing like we talked about. The mud's a great equalizer. Um, gives you know it's uh, somebody like Shane, uh, um, Shane to to get a little bit of a confidence booster and, and get that mm-hmm. fourth. And and uh, you know I think. I think he's a top 10 guy, uh, you know, most of these races, you know, so we'll see Hopefully that, like you said, gives, a, gives these guys a little, sh- uh, you know, shot in the arm. Uh, Jason Anderson. So we talk about Jason Anderson uh, and this kind of segues to, so Dunlop tires, we've got a new partner. Uh, we, we, we're so pumped to have them on. Uh, you talked about, we were talking about them before we came on, dude, they got, uh, they got some great people working there. Brian Fleck, for example, uh, you can share some stories uh, with him, but nevertheless, Dunlop works great. Hell, I've been riding Dunlops for since I was uh, since I was on mini bikes. So uh, yeah. they're a great company. Been around a long time. They got a great crew that works extremely hard, and uh, like I said, they're going to be engaged and uh, giving some product out uh, as we get the program set up. So uh, that leads us <clears throat> to the to the next part and kind of like the Dunlop due diligence stage. Uh, I reached out to Brock Tickle because I thought it was weird, like uh, when 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 Anderson crashed, and we have some video of that, uh, I believe. If we do, let's roll it. So here you go. Here's Jason Anderson. This is the main event, and uh, he's going through a watch. He'll. Uh, it's hard to see from there, but he just gets blasted with mud. Well, watch. You see, he'll take his hand off, and he goes to pull. See right there. He goes to pull a tear off, and as he does that, like, what happened? Looks like the brakes just stuck, and he goes over the handlebars, collecting uh, a couple riders, and then Malcolm Stewart, he hits the down rider. He goes down, just wrong place, wrong time. But uh, I talked to Tickle this morning, doing my due diligence, and uh, BT's like, uh, he says after what they watched the replay a million times because they thought possibly it was the lockdown device, the starting device, but uh, he just uh, he hit a soft spot. He had a soft spot in the track when he was uh, pulling his tear off. And as that happened, boom, he goes over the handlebars. So um, I hate that for for Jason just because I think he was in a great spot points-wise. He still is. Uh, but uh, that, 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 that stung a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, the first turn was gnarly. I mean, um, you, we just watched the replay of, of, of Jason going over the bars. 
Mm. Um, in that mud, same thing with with Chase. Almost the same thing. Barsha, I don't know if we have the slow mo of Barsha's, but <laughs> slow mo on on Peacock was 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 insane. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it's tough. You come in there, you get blasted with water, you you, you reach for a tear off, um, and then you end up just getting swamped there. It, really, nothing you can do other than I would have okay. Ride blind, ride blind for 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 longer <laughs> and keep your hands on the bars and maybe that wouldn't have happened right so um it, it's tough it's being in that position you can see all the water it's just uh, because nothing he could do yeah there's nothing there's nothing you really can do you know like if you go back and you watch a video a hundred times tell me i mean the only thing different you could have done was get the whole shot and be in chase's position right um and and hopefully get through the first turn uh, it was it was a treacherous first turn right there. It's going to be fun to go to San Diego uh, this week. Our pro- our producer, I don't like the tone that he uh, he has yeah. today on us. RV being negative, saying there's more rain expected in San Diego. Uh, I'm trying I just, to. Be- I just looked it up. I just looked it up. Come it's on, guys. Sunday. It's saying Sunday. Uh, maybe maybe chance of showers. Saturday's looking somewhat. It's looking clear. What's to say five percent. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a 95% chance it's not going to rain. Exactly. So we're going to err on the, on the, on the happy side of no rain. But like I mentioned, um, San Diego does get a lot of that moisture blowing in. Um, dirt's a little bit harder. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's gonna be a technical track. It's a, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I still feel like we're at the beginning of the series too. I, I need, I need like three or four more good, uh, dry races to where I can get a better feel on who I think is, I mean, they're all legit. Right. But I, yeah. I, I still don't feel like we've gotten a true, true representation of who is who and what's going to happen on several good racing condition uh, situations. That, that, that's, that's my opinion, dude. It's very think? early. It is very yes. early. An- Anaheim one. It, like we've always talked about a lot of hype. Everybody yeah. like loves to win Anaheim one, but Anaheim one is Anaheim one. And then we had a mud major mud race for round two. So yeah, to your point, um, I wouldn't say I, there, we have anybody. Yes. I wouldn't say we have anybody that's just a runaway. Oh, jet's going to run away with this or, you know, chase is going to do this or whatever. It's very, very, very up in the air still. Um, Eli hasn't caught his stride yet. I don't feel, um, so it's going to be some really good racing um, coming up here. And I think I think we'll see what you're looking for probably around. I mean, I always say it's everybody, uh, as past champions, we always use Daytona as our reference. The series really doesn't start till Daytona because if you're in it at Daytona um, within a few points or, or, or in the championship fight at Daytona, that's kind of when it, the ball, when, when it rolls over into, okay, Here's the last, here's your stretch on the way out. And this is where things really get tough because that's where you really got to start digging. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Is, is after Daytona. Um, if you haven't, check out United Motorsports. This is going to lead us to uh, something that I think was really cool. Uh, United Motorsports Moment of the Week. Um, check out unitedmotorsports.com. If you're in the Ohio, Kentucky area, they got six locations throughout those two States. Um, they're doing a, a one-time deal sign up and, um, you can get a $15 credit, uh, if you sign up. So, uh, to United Motorsports slash title 24, I believe it is. And, uh, they're picking, um, also, I believe it's every week they're giving away, uh, 50 bucks to one lucky winner of the people who sign up. So make sure you get in on that. That is right. Every week I said it, you are hearing correctly, 50 bucks. They're going to pick a lucky winner to whoever signs up. So 75 buck uh, credit to, um, to your purchase. Um, so United Motorsports moment of the night. Uh, I think the guy did awesome. It's only his second Supercross, and it's Jorge Prado. Um, I think that, you know, the, when, when it's a mud, I've said it a million times, RV, it's an equalizer. And if I'm Jorge Prado, I am absolutely, uh, stoked when I see the rain. Um, he is, I'm assuming that, uh, he has spent a lot of time in these type conditions, obviously on outdoor tracks, but nevertheless, uh, um, he, the guy can ride. He's a three time, uh, GP champ, two times MX2, one time MXGP class and um i i like it i think i want to see him more i think that uh this will light his fire and um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see what 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 did you think was this uh did you expect this were you not expecting this i mean like what's your analysis on it i mean i think right off the bat for sure it's uh i think they ride those conditions more than we do in europe um so honestly, I think it solidifies him coming over here. He gets a heat race, heat race win, um, second try. Um, you know, that's huge, 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 huge for him to be able to do that second try. Um, he rode phenomenal at Anaheim one. So what I look back to see, yeah, he's only, I think he's only here for one more round. Right. Um, he planned on doing three. Um, maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but you said you were claiming fifth to eighth. Uh, before the season started that's what i claimed yeah and what did i think anaheim one was what did he end up ninth? uh no 10th? i think he was was he 13th maybe 13th okay but he, he, ran, 11th, he ran up, maybe yeah, 11th he, something like that I, I say if if he was here for the whole season i'm saying by the end by by halfway we're gonna see we're gonna see that man up in up anywhere from fifth through eighth um majority of the time but nonetheless i think that solidifies him coming over here I Do think, you? You think that was that was? I, the... I think it does. I think it does. I think he did phenomenal. Anaheim won for. And remember, guys, this guy is 
22 or something, 22 years old. He's young, right? Yeah, dude. And yeah. a lot of guys that come from Europe, they start in the lights class. Um, it was like me going from here and then going over to Europe in the 450 class. If I would have went into the lights class and had some time to grow and learn and all that, like he's stepping into the, into the, into the big dogs, into the show right now. And, and what I'm seeing is, is phenomenal from him. So I think it solidifies him coming over for next year. I think he, I think he wants to be here. I think it's, it is one of the biggest shows in the world for, for two wheel motorsports, um, at least in, in, in our realm is, is, is supercross man. So, um, and we know he can ride. I think that's the biggest question um, it, from the Europeans is how is he going to fare in Supercross? Because we know they can ride outdoors. We know they, you know, that's what they're specialists at. They're not specialists in Supercross. Well, he has just shown the world plus himself that that uh, he has the skills to to learn this and also just to come out, of, you know, come out and do well, pretty well right off the bat. So at a young age, I think he's got lots of building to do, and he's got lots of time to 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 be that much better. Great stuff, dude, RV. I mean, you kill it all the time, but you just you're not leaving me with any words to say, which kind of <laughs> nice, dude. I get a I, I get I like a great. That's your United Motorsports moment of the night. I love that. I I hope that solidified Prado coming. I think it's great for the sport. The more um the more the the more racers athletes we can co- have come from different countries would be epic. And yep. uh, what I love about it, like when you talk to him and stuff, dude, you can just tell he's dude he's living his dream, and yep. that's that's cool to see. So thank you very yeah, much, yeah. United Motorsports, for everything. Like I say, make sure you guys go uh, check it out, UnitedMotorsports.com/slash/title24. Sign up, save fifteen bucks, or get a fifteen dollar credit. And then maybe you'll be one of the lucky winners who gets a 50 bucks uh, gift card. Nice. Um, all right. So we got, um, we have another question, fan question, and, it, and it's pertaining to Hunter Lawrence. And uh, s- s- sorry for, uh, I'm probably going to mess up this name. Um, Reisinger MX713 um, asks, why has Hunter a lot, why? Was Hunter allowed to skip the whoops? Um, well, he's not allowed to skip the whoops, um, obviously. But you can watch right here. He goes a little sideways. He's he's dabbing. He's dabbing like that. That clearly was not on purpose. No, he takes his time. He doesn't grab a, a a handful of throttle. He looks back. He's just chilling right here. Um, so number one. Um, Reisinger MX713. Uh, yeah, no one's allowed to do that. He didn't grab a handful of throttle, and that's probably why he was not penalized because of that. They, they yeah, review it, I, right? Go I, for it. Yeah, I think that what – I saw it twice. I yeah. saw him go off the – I don't know if it was the same race twice. I think it was. It was. Afterwards, it was. they had taken it, the whoops out, and that wasn't a factor. Yeah, it was. More. It was twice in the heat race. It was. Um, yeah, same th- – you know, it, he, yeah. he didn't go fast. You can see he went off the track. Um, it is what it is. I think in those conditions uh, – You get a pass as long as you're not an idiot like and go like wide open like you guys see if you're watching you can see right there dude he's just absolutely chilling now had he went off not pulled a tear off and just completely gassed her up then that's then there's probably going to be you know there's probably going to be a penalty but he didn't he did the right thing um he chopped the throttle um obviously he had to gas it going through the mud but then he slows down looks back make sure he gets on or doesn't cut in front of anyone i mean 
scenario would have been different if you would have had if um, if you would have had a guy right on him, and then he went off the track, and then I think you would have. Yep. I don't know if you would have AMA necessarily penalizing him, but you'd probably have a protest. If, I yep. If you had somebody, if they were like bar to bar battling, and then he goes off the track, and then that happens. Um, yeah. It just all depends too, because as a racer, you go off the track like that in the mud like that. I mean, I don't know. Is he going to let the guy by? I think they would have had a protest. That's why it's different. Nobody was around him. Yes, Brandis was in front of him. It looked like he didn't that. gain an advantage. Didn't gain any advantage, and he came out. If anything, lost time. So yeah, yeah, that's why. So uh, uh, Mike Peltier from the AMA um, gave us that information. However, they did uh, vent. Uh, they did dock Vince Freeze in the heat race in Barsha in the last chance qualifier. I guess uh, Freeze. Um, Freezy, he uh, cut the track. I didn't see that. I don't mm. remember seeing it, but it doesn't matter at this point because uh, he pushed his bike off in the last chance. Oh, that rap sheet looks longer. <laughs> it does, dude. Hey, and uh, to all of our people listening and, and watching, I saw you keyboard warriors just giving me the business, um, <laughs> sticking up for RV and, and, and his take. Um, I So that's why I replied and – and I, I said that the angle of – I didn't like the angle of uh, Freeze's um, first corner incident last week. Uh, I should have been more specific. So I'll take the blame on that. But uh, you guys uh, – dude, you guys gassed me so hard. So uh, take it easy on your boy, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sensitive. RV, RV was loving it. I wish all you guys could see the back and forth and – Trust me, we get up on here, we screenshot, we screenshot some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Um, Also, um, you know, with that, uh, with that question um, about Hunter, I think if, I I don't even think we would have gotten that question, RV, if, you know, like, there's obviously a lot of hype around Hunter, if that was someone else that they wouldn't if that was McElrath and he, and he went off a couple of times I bet no one would have yeah, said exactly. anything right no 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 double standards real these days you know mm. um all right dude you had some thoughts on the 250 before we got to uh the recording today uh yep. Jordan Smith uh he's never done well in the mud as a professional uh not surprising to me um, that, that he did as well as he did wrote as well as he did. I know that, uh, he hasn't had a lot of, uh, great success in the mud as a professional, but still the guy's been in it for what, like 10 years in the 250 class. So, uh, it looks like clearly he was able to lean on, um, things from, um, years experience in the past. Great job, Jordan Smith. Uh, he's a, he's a red plate holder now. So, uh, what's your, uh, takeaways, from the 250, Kitchen, Jordan, what do you think, brother? Yeah, no, Jordan Jordan rode, rode well, put himself in a good position. Um, you know, so survival of the fittest, uh, he was able to to keep that motorcycle upright. And, and honestly, that's in those conditions, that's kind of what you need. I think um, watching, actually, I just watched the lights, lights or the 250 race again this morning. Um, Levi came through the pack quite, you know, from, from a little ways back, it seemed yeah. like. Um, and at the finish line there was, was, was pretty close to, to Jordan. So, he was. um, I'd say out of, out of the, out of the four that we have on our list today, I think he was the Levi was the most impressive, um, was able really? to, 
Yeah, I think that Why? from Why? where, tell me, tell from me where he started on the right. on the gate, uh, okay. not gate, but where he started. I think lap one mm-hmm. um, to where he where he finished. I mm-hmm. thought that was that was uh, that was a good confidence booster for him. Like I said, I I know Levi um, fairly. Yeah, you fairly well. hey, you gave him the business last week. You needed to yep. see more out of him. Yeah, he, see right there, he, he got pretty, up, pretty up. close, pretty close to to Jordan there. So. I think that's a good confidence booster for him. Um, I know he had said that he's not much of a mud rider or, you know, for, even from the Northwest. Uh, it's, it, it, I think nobody doesn't, everybody prefers not to ride in the mud. So, yeah. Um, All yeah. right. Well, dude, come on. Wait, what do you expect of him in San Diego on a good track? Tell, what do you expect? I'm expecting Levi to, he, he, he has to, I'm not going to say he needs to, <laughs> he has to stay in this championship hunt, man. Um, I'm expecting him to be back on the podium. If not, he needs to get a race win. Levi <laughs> needs to get, I mean, he were five points out. Um, you know, there Jordan you Smith with 47 total points. And, uh, you know, Levi five out. And RJ with, uh, that's nine out of the lead. So a really close battle there. Um, still, you know, bummer for Joe Shimoda. Smoke you know, and I, Joe. Yep, smoke and Joe. Uh, bike did not, uh, did not finish. Sucks, dude. What that's um, crazy. You know, it's crazy. So I talked to someone yesterday, no one from Honda, but someone really close to Honda and they don't, they don't know what happened really. I mean, dude, that, that it looks that's like the, it's running still. So it's yeah. still running. Um, I was talking about the, like the clutch. There's no yeah. way you smoke the clutch that quick. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so either. It was, it was within two laps, right. Or it was a few first couple laps of the, of the main event. And, um, uh who knows you know so that's a that's a big bummer on, on his part yeah especially uh, from the champion the, especially from, from a championship, championship you know yeah, i mean yeah, these okay. these you know these regional supercross championships you start coughing up 20 points 25 points it's game over for the most part so joe mm-hmm. i mean rv tell me if i'm wrong dude he's gonna have to go out he's gonna have to win multiple rounds a hundred percent and yeah. maybe that's you know as we've seen in the past and we've talked about it on the show Joe's start to his seasons have not been that well. And if that's a pressure situation yeah, that this one won his form well, um, this was not necessarily, I'm going to say fault. this was not his fault. Um, nope. this was, um, the bike, uh, you know, just having some issues and, and not finishing. Uh, but yes, now does this take the pressure off of him to then just go out and knock down wins? He's, I think it does. I think, out. I think, I personally feel like from, from a championship standpoint, RV, I feel like it takes the pressure off, uh, mm-hmm. but, but I think it's added pressure now to go out and have to win if you want to win the championship. So it's like a double-edged yep. sword, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I bummer, bummer there, bummer there Me for too. Joe, but we'll see what he can, we'll see if he can rebound and, and, and get back up there. And, and RJ Hampshire, right. He rode, seemed like he was riding pretty good, uh, pretty good main event had the, had the, had the fall. Um, here we have him on the start here watching the replay. Juju just, just got, had, had a, had a bar length on him, had, a, had enough to, um, and he did get a little off balance and this is where he, he got to. Yeah. He got hosed right there. Uh, uh, burden, uh, he goes down and then really there was nowhere for, uh, RJ to go. We talked about yeah. it on the broadcast and, uh, just lost his momentum. One of the worst places you can absolutely crash is on the up ramp of a jump. And then, uh, he goes down again. 
And yeah, it, it's it's such a bummer too when you get your gloves and your your grips that dirty. Oh, um, if anything could be invented for mud racing, it's something <laughs> to do with your gloves and your grips. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no. definitely makes it uh, you know not not the race he wanted. But as we just saw, points he's he's not far out. He's no, he's still not. in championship contention. Mm-hmm. I do think that uh, RJ will rebound, um, yep. and I think in the end. He's going to be one of the one of the top one guys. Of the, one of the guys that are fighting for this championship. Um, one last one on the on the two fifty. Super bum for uh, Max Voland, dude. I I I think he was podium guy for sure. Mm. Hated to see this. Um, I thought maybe that he um, he burned his clutch out because uh, when we were on the broadcast, I could hear him when he's trying to stay in front of uh, uh, Burden. He he was he was on the clutch pretty hard, but um, I was told yesterday, like four laps from this this point, like they rolled his uh, they rolled his bike backwards and something was maybe caught up in the uh, counter shaft sprocket, but that doesn't seem right. No, it looks like he's pushing, pushing it. it right now. Um, maybe maybe I got bad information because that. Yeah, that, it's interesting. I mean, you never know until they tear those things apart. I know Ryder V's bike uh, expired too. I think on really? is that on, what happened? on lap one, I believe. Um, Serious? Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, they're getting as much horsepower, and these are yeah. highly tuned machines. And you put that much water and that much mud. I mean, anything's bound to happen. That's why. Hey. racing in these conditions are, it's so prestigious at the end of the year when you can look back and see um the ups and downs in the in in the circumstances that these riders go through like cliff white at honda used to tell me like we had these uh real killer uh carbon like uh carbon silencers right yeah, and they, yeah. they were they're made of light material like the aluminum and stuff was and they'd crack after about two weeks and he'd always he would always tell me they're not they're made to perform they're not made to last so uh right. a lot like dude like to to your point rv yeah they're getting every little inch they can and horsepower you know like the 250 class is uh it's a horsepower class for sure. Yes, it is. And so it they're is. they're getting every little thing they can out of it, which re, which reminds me of Garrett Marchbanks and uh, Phil Nicoletti. Fantastic. Oh, dude, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Where you wanted Phil to get up. I wanted there. I wanted filthy Phil to get on the podium, dude. <laughs> I was so bummed he didn't get on the podium. Right, right. Uh, Carson Mumford, he rode really well. He crashed, came back, and he still finished. Uh, he, he he still finished. Uh, fairly decent well inside the top 10 so great to see uh, Carson Mumford do that that's Phil this really um really screwed up Phil's uh opportunity at a podium he got hung up behind a lapper there's really nowhere that he could go he could probably have tried to go around them but then would have then would have possibly fell so we're watching uh Garrett Marchbanks make the make that podium pass yeah I'm with you I wanted uh I wanted Phil to get that uh podium he talked about it afterwards, like he's getting older, not sure how many more opportunities he's going to get at a podium finish. So I was a little, I was bummed I for him too, dude. That's oh. the second time the podium has eluded him. I think last year there was a rare SMX. Maybe there was a potential podium for, for filthy and, uh, and it got <laughs> away from him too. So come on, Phil, we're That's rooting right. for you, buddy. Good, good job though, to that, uh, Club MX, uh, Muckoff, FXR, uh, Yamaha team, dude. They uh, they're doing great. I know that uh, the the Monster Energy 
Yamaha Star Racing Program gets a lot of credit on the Yamaha side of things, but uh, that uh, Club MX team is is uh, is working hard. So uh, congratulations on uh, third and and fourth. Yeah, um, and Ricky, before we get into our uh, kind of promo. the same goodbyes and stuff promos, let's talk about the Title Twenty Four live show here. Um, in, yeah, uh, in two so, weeks before Anaheim two Thursday. That's right. That's right. So it's going to be Thursday. Uh, we will uh, be giving out details, but RV and I yep. are going to have a live Title 24 show before uh, the last Anaheim. <clears throat> it's going to be Thursday night, the 25th. We're excited about it. Uh, it's going to be fun, very intimate, um, semi-private. We're going to be selling tickets. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be in Costa Mesa, yep. uh, really close, right? What, like right by John Wayne Airport. And uh, yep. we're looking forward to it, just to kind of kind of give back. There'll be dinners. Uh, there's going to be a dinner, cocktails. Uh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be intimate, like you said. We'll do. Uh, we'll get up there myself and uh, and you, Ricky, and yeah, and do some bench racing before Anaheim yeah. two. Um, questions yeah. from the fans, and honestly, go out and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a time where for you fans to get to interact with myself and, and Ricky with a couple cocktails with no stress, no, no pressure situation. Those are the best time that you can have access to us because call it, we're working, but we're really not working. Right. <laughs> some cocktails, right. We're having a good time. So uh, stay yeah. tuned. Um, yeah. Make sure you, uh, when we get all the information up, uh, you get your tickets and uh, hope to see everybody there. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be Thursday again, uh, January 25th. It's going to be at 6 PM in Costa Mesa. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have a steak dinner, some desserts, a little DJ, uh, there'll be championship bikes there and, uh, some vintage bikes. It's a really cool, uh, location for tickets. Uh, you can text, uh, Rich Lane at, uh, 310-704-1823 and, uh, text, text Rich. Get after him. Get some tickets. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. Like I said, it's going to be uh, very intimate and uh, get some behind-the-stage uh, access. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've been on the wagon since I had that uh, since I had that little little uh, hiccup, uh, if you will. So uh, I don't know. I might have to call up Mayo Clinic and be like, "Can I have a hall pass uh, for yeah. this night?" So, uh, but it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is the first live show that we've done. Um, so we will, uh, continue to give you some updates on that. Uh, before we get to our goodbyes, let's give you, uh, the 411 on what's happening on, uh, NBC this week. There you go. Uh, the Dakar rally stage highlights daily, 7.30 PM on Peacock. Super easy. And remember, like we always talk about on Thursdays, make sure you uh, listen to Weege and, uh, Jason Thomas. That's on YouTube, the SMX insider show. Uh, they're always bringing stuff from the past weekend and what to look forward to this weekend. Then Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, race day live, practice and qualifying. That'll be uh, on Peacock. And then, of course, the show starts racing 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, 5.30 Pacific Standard time. Uh, San Diego, that'll be live on Peacock. And then Sunday at 1.25 p.m. IMSA's back. Weather, Weather Tech Sports Car Championship. The row before the 24 and qualifying will be uh, live on Peacock. Looking forward to that. Um, Lee Diffie and I will be in the booth this weekend, so that'll be a fun. There's all your 411 um, uh, for motorsports on NBC. San Diego this week, Snapdragon. Uh, it's another right-hand start RV, and you talked about this Ooh. when we were baiting. There's the track. 
right there. You talked about the dirt, how that's going to be challenging. Uh, we got a right-hand start. You said that this is going to be something um, that the riders are going to have to continue to adapt to and get used to. Um, what do you think of this track from your initial look of it outside of the dirt conditions? I like it. It looks like you're going to have to, um, you know, set some guys up. I like how they come, come back across the start. Yeah. Those fast sections. Yeah. Yeah. It opens up for some passing a little bit, uh, different line selections. Uh, Hopefully it's not, um, you know, super one line, but yeah, the right hand start, we're going to see it again. Um, like I had said, I think show one, um, it's something we don't see. These guys will get better at it. They will learn it. Um, this looks like it's a more of a, it's a hard 180 at the end. So you're not going to have the ability to just chop somebody off. To me, if I'm looking at the starting line, I'm going to be up on the inside. Yep. If not gate one, anywhere from one through five gates, uh, yep. control that inside because it comes up tight. Guys are going to yeah, rush that hairpin. That hairpin. Yeah, guys are going to rush in and, and think they have control and they're going to blow out to the berm. They're going to leave the inside open. Yeah. Um, Stu was always really good at that, being able to all of a sudden sneak around the inside. Yeah. Um, you know, when you thought, man, I got the whole shot. Here I go. And here he's on the inside. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be exciting. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate um, all the interaction and the engagement. Uh, certainly got to a lot more fan questions uh, and put it in our kind of breakdown. So that was great, dude. You guys are flooding it. We appreciate it. It's so much fun. And uh, even if you're even if you're gassing me, I still like it. I got thick skin and uh, it, it's fun. So we appreciate all of the love. Remember, you can listen to us on all the platforms uh, of your podcast. Uh, thank you, United Motorsports, Boxo USA, Quadlock Case, and our new partner, Dunlop Tires. Uh, excited about that. Thanks for joining in. It's, it, it's going to be good. Uh, remember, um, like, we, like we talked about, if you, if you can't watch us, uh, you can always listen to us on our podcast, the audio versions on all pl- uh, podcast platforms. And then uh, we are on demand on um, Motorsports on NBC's YouTube page and, of course, Peacock. So uh, we're on demand on Peacock as well. So uh, if you want to watch us, you can watch us in those two locations. Uh, We would appreciate that. Remember to leave your comments and questions for the show. We'll do our best to obviously uh, get back to you guys. So RV, uh, are you going to San Diego? I think I am going to go to San Diego. I think it's 50 years, right? I think it's 50 years of... Yeah, it's a throwback race. It's a throwback race. I I heard it's going to be a throwback race. So, um, yes, I I will be at San Diego. Sweet. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We will have... We will continue to post details where you can get your tickets for the live show. Again, that's uh, uh, Thursday the 25th, right before Anaheim 2. Anaheim pre-party, Title 24. You ain't going to want to miss out. Uh, You're going to get to see uh, Curly. Uh, JH, he's co-producer. And then you're going to get to see uh, Richie Lane. Richie Lane, the broker. He'll be there. And, uh, and of course, you're going to get to spend some fun time with RV and I. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in every week, as always. And we'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.